you must be listening to the Goblin Broadcast Network at gbn.com.com. Amazing! Follow the Path, the Bears Grove Podcast. Adult-level discussion of role-playing as a storytelling art at bearsgrove.com. Welcome to the Bears Grove Podcast for Sunday, August 27th, episode 24. My name is Sam Chupp, and I am your host here for the next 30 minutes. We're going to talk about a number of different topics. We have a good show planned for you today. The very first topic I wanted to talk about is the tropes. Uh, Tropes are kind of like cliches, and I've talked about this before, but I wanted to go deeper into it this time and give more examples of my personal tropes and sort of how I'm getting around them or living with them. Then over in the Game With Me section, I'd like to talk a little bit about recent developments in my one-on-one game with Cynthia, tell you a little bit about the background there and what's been going on, and then finally we'll follow up with feedback, and that'll be our show. But first, some news and notes. Well, about this time next week, I will be firmly in the middle of role-playing at Dragon Con, and I'm really excited about this. I am ready to go for the most part. I've got a few other things to sort of put together, but I am looking forward to this. This is going to be a lot of fun. On Friday night, I'm going to be on a gaming podcast panel, and I'm excited about that. And I'm going to be helping out with the Parsec Awards, so that's going to be a lot of fun, too. In other news, the role-playing game podcasters are all getting together and we have been doing this for a while now sort of off and on in informal fashion but we've got a big event coming up and in september you will learn all about it it's going to be a lot of interesting podcasts that will come out of it and some things that i don't think you're quite you you can't even possibly imagine are going to come out of uh this particular event so you're going to need to uh Take some time, put it aside for listening in the month of September because we'll have a number of podcasts that will come out like a crossover kind of thing. And I think you're going to really enjoy this. So make some room on your iPod or your MP3 player and listen. Finally, there's some podcasts I'd like to talk about. The first is The Sons of Cryos, which is a really cool um, podcast that talks a lot about, um, well, all of the things that these two people, um, Jeff and Judd, uh, get into in their role-playing, at their role-playing table. It also talks about things like game design, and there's some topics such as what what, um, I believe Jeff calls good sentences, which are really interesting. Basically, they go into some game design stuff, they go into some, you know, this is what I did in my game kind of things, and they're all about the indie RPGs at the Forge and things like that. They have a lot of commentary about that. They're very good friends with other people who are also sort of heavy indie RPG people. So it's interesting to talk to, uh, interesting to listen to and sort of get an extra level of perspective on what's you know, going on in that particular sphere. Another podcast that I've started listening to is the Durham three. And that is also a podcast about NDRPG. So you can sense a theme here. 
I'm, you know, curious. So I'm just going forward and seeing what I can do. There's also um, a really cool website I found, um, which I'm sure everybody else knows about. I'm just now coming upon it. Um, it's called 1000 Monkeys, 1000 Typewriters, 1KM, 1KT. And it has a lot of really cool games on it. One of the games that I have recently downloaded, and these are all for free. Um, they're all role-playing games. They're all separate. And one of the ones I just downloaded is called um, Owlbear. Owlbears. And um, it's really strange. But I really love reading it because it has this uh, wild, crazy, youthful energy to it. And that's great. And I'd also like to let you know about Corey Doctorow's podcast. If you haven't actually listened to Corey yet, um, I would really encourage you to go over there and listen to his podcast fiction. He is an incredible writer, and his ideas are really amazing. Um, they're things that most people don't think about when they think about the future. And it's really interesting to see you know, what he comes up with in, in his paradigm and I'm starting to, you know, go back and read his novels and, and sort of get deeper into his um, sort of universe, his milieu, because I think it might make a very interesting game at some point. So I want to point you at Corey's podcast at craphound, craphound.com, and I think you'll really like it. Okay, so... Next up, we have the tropes. That's right. We have our tropes section in the GM's Corner. So stay tuned. The word trope is listed in the Merriam-Webster online dictionary as being the... I'm going to go with the B definition of definition 1. A common or overused theme or device, a cliché, such as the usual horror movie tropes. And I have been uh, fascinated by this topic ever since I started reading about it. On Live Journal, there are quite a few people there, uh, and I'll be providing some links in the show notes, who have recently been talking about cliches and things they'd rather not ever see again in fiction, in fantasy. Specifically in fantasy, I have not seen a science fiction one yet, which got me to thinking about my own tropes. One of the things I really aspire to is not having a kind of predictable game mastering style one that's so utterly rote that people just immediately know what's going to happen without even thinking about it and that can be hard to do especially if you're prone to certain themes or certain tropes like like I am it gets to a point where those reoccurring themes become something of an anchor chain around your ankles and it's very difficult to fly with them on. 
So I try to every so often go back through and either rethink my tropes or at least acknowledge they exist and try and decide whether it's something that I will have to keep or something I can change or something I can think my way around. Now for me, if you were gaming with me, you would notice that I have a thing for magic swords. Now I guess a Freudian psychologist could really have a field day with this, but you know, I think it goes all the way back to me as a kid. I was very interested in the swords in the Lord of the Rings back when I read it for the first time. Glamdring and Orchrist and all those blades. And I had a friend um, who he and I would hold one on one gaming sessions. We would talk over the phone and we would, I would create the sort of cool sword of the week kind of thing. And the whole like story that we would be playing on the you know over the phone would be basically about those swords, cool swords being discovered. I designed cool magic swords like some kids design hot rods or doodle spaceships. Of course, I also doodled, doodled spaceships, but you know, bear with me here. So, magic swords were a very big deal for me, and um, there are a whole bunch of magical blades in my world. It's kind of ironic that the very first uh, professional game writing that I sold was about magic swords. So that's something that I'm totally aware of and and haven't really actually done much about because I, well, I'm comfortable with it. And I figure as long as I keep myself down to one or two swords uh, a game session, I'll be okay. Then the next trope that I have is the Firewarian Empire. I've talked about them in this podcast before, and it's really easy to sort of ascribe everything to the Firewarians um, because they are the ancient race of wizards that were in my game world from the very beginning and uh, they're really powerful and they have knowledge and technology way beyond the ken of mortals and all this so it's a lot of fun to uh, you know think about what they must be like but it can be something of a cop-out from time to time to simply say, oh, uh, yeah, that's um, Firewarian, and uh, that's why you can't uh, understand it. It's uh, more creative as a storyteller to come up with things that can be understood, or at the very least, that if they're not understandable, there's some sort of uh, deep underlying reason to them. And sometimes I have that for Firewarian stuff, but sometimes I'm just keeping my options open. So I have to uh, think in terms of, okay, so I can do with less Firewarians in my game. Also, I have a problem from time to time with anachronisms. I have a lot of anachronisms of language and technology. Now, some of these anachronisms are perfectly welcome and some of them i can i really kind of have a guilty conscience about but ultimately i mean technically they're not really anachronisms because anachronism has to do with time and if you know these this technology is not necessarily you know out of the future it's more it's just happens to have evolved along the same lines as before. So I have, um, 
I've had to do some work on myself to think in terms of, okay, really, Sam, do you really want to go there? Uh, you know, do you really want to have gunpowder? Well, not really. I, I'd rather not, but you know, unless it's something that's very tightly controlled in the game or balanced. I also don't, I don't want all the countries of the world to turn into democracies. And to a certain extent, that's what tends to happen when one country gets a Republican democratic form of government, they start to think about, well, we have to spread the word to others and there's a massive you know let's kill all the nobles kind of idea that goes with that and really i'm actually fond of the whole nobility cliche you know the the whole idea of you know nobility being cool and all that sort of thing i'd rather have good kings good queens you know i don't like despots i don't like tyrants and, you know, I do like to see them get their comeuppance. But, you know, if the, if the person is a genuinely good person, I have a hard time seeing the downside in why they're in charge. I mean, if they're, if they're traditionally helpful to their people, if they're a support, then I don't really have a problem with it. But I have to admit that, you know, one of the countries in my world is a democratic representative government uh, with a, you know, parliamentarian process. And it technically there should be sort of a revolution happening if my world followed the um, path of the French Revolution you know, we should be seeing other revolutions popping up. But for right now, that has not yet happened, and the good thing is the Sidalians are not exactly uh, very warlike, so um, they're kind of people that are very nice and polite, and they tend to want to make you biscuits instead of make you kill your queen or whatever. I have a problem with making culture sort of a generic stereotype of itself, and that is that I think in terms of, okay, this is the Asian area, or this is the... Arabic area, or this is the, you know, these are basically Native Americans, or, you know, these are Celts, or whatever. And I tend to take those and sort of make them literal, and I need to stop that. I need to think in terms of, you know, I've tried to come up with brand new alien cultures, you know, cultures that are perhaps not part of our experience on an everyday level, to sort of keep that fantasy aspect now the good side of, of that trope is that you know it does allow for people to have instant recognition oh okay so you know if all of the stanford's talk a little bit redneck then everybody can understand immediately what kind of people they are if all of the changians are inscrutable then you can kind of get a sense of okay that's the kind of people they are um it's a stereotype and it's not the best thing for good art but Sometimes I still stray over into it. Then I have a trope called the prevalence of good over evil. It's true that, you know, in the real world, as we can tell in everyday headlines, um, bad guys frequently get away with things. And evil does tend to, you know, be aggressive and nasty and get its way. And it takes a lot of work for good to even gain ground against it. Fighting back entropy and trying to get, uh, you know, trying to create a better world for yourself is something that whew, it's very difficult to do. 
even on a daily basis, even with you know a society that supposedly upholds those values, it's very difficult to accomplish. However, in my stories, good always wins, and it's not always easy, but you know I can't stop a story from going that direction. I just I'm sort of I guess this is the way I'm, I'm built. This is the way that I create stories, and you know eventually, sooner or later, things can get really bad for the good folks. And a friend of mine, uh, Archway. Uh, will frequently say that I like to chase my players up trees and then throw rocks at them. And this is true. I don't make it easy on you, but eventually good wins over evil. End of story. That's it. Because basically, at the point which I start trying to get around this trope, I'll tell you, it's... uh, well, there's enough depressing headlines in the world today for me to, uh, you know, be convinced that this is the way to go. Just to go with good winning over evil. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of different tropes that I haven't even talked about that I have. Some of them, as you can tell, I'm interested in getting rid of. And some of them I would like to keep. But it always is good to just sit, simply sit down and say, you know, this is the way I am. These are my, you know, parameters as a storyteller, and I need to work on changing the perspective of these things and sort of saying, you know, elaborating on them a little bit or turning them on their side or whatever. Certainly, you know, lately I've been playing in my own game with uh, my partner, Cynthia. We've been playing a little bit with gray area morality in the sense that, for example, there has been a demon who's come forward in this massive war against the demons and has been something of a turncoat and has been giving the good people a lot of information about the plans of the bad guys. But, um, you know, the question becomes, what is this guy? You know, is he good? Is he evil? Um, you know, he's most definitely evil. He's a demon, people. But the thing of it is... It's hard to say. Um, You know, he's definitely saving a lot of lives just by giving away this information. In his mind, he is a traitor, so he thinks he's doing evil. He's causing chaos. And also, in his mind, he is trying to promote his particular facet, which is um, sloth, essentially, uh, laziness. He's the demon of efficiency, and so... As a result, um, he thinks of the most efficient way to do things, which means, you know, the most result with the least effort. <laughs> so that's his way. At any rate, I uh, I will keep trying to turn these on their sides and look at them differently. But I would like to ask you as a for feedback, um, if you want to tell me what kind of tropes you seem to have, if you want to sit down And do some soul-searching and think about, okay, well, really, you know, what do I always have? Do I always have, you know, a good cleric that constantly uh, sacrifices themselves to save others? You know, what, do I have somebody with a messiah complex, you know, that kind of thing, like a muad'dib? Or, you know, what? What do I have that is my, you know, the things that are sort of hardwired in me? 
Think about them, challenge them, turn them on their side, look at them a different way, and see what you can come up with. It's always good to know what you're working with from the very beginning. And next up, we have our Game With Me segment. Okay, welcome to our Game With Me segment. And today I'm going to tell you a little bit about the game that I've been running with Cynthia. Um, I've had requests for this, and so I feel a little less like it's just, oh, this is my geeky, uh, this is my favorite character kind of thing. People have asked, so I'm going to supply answers. Now, here's the basic character we're talking about. So Clara was trained almost from birth as a spy by her own father. He used terrible training methods to make her a perfect operative to serve as a member of the Tanaran Ring, an espionage group supporting a corrupt government. So Clara has since discovered that she is many-souled. That is to say, her body plays host to many individuals, known more by their functions than names. The manager, the party girl the beast. It was only later that she discovered there was a little girl soul, a version of herself as a child, a soul named Miri within her as well. At first, so Clara wasn't consciously aware of this aspect of herself, but after studying with an ancient order of warrior priests of the goddess Oriel, gained the mental discipline and insight to understand and work with her many different souls. We might call her multiple personality or dissociative identity disorder person in uh, the modern day. After a magical accident sent her to the dimensional trash heap of the Koronayan Hell, a place called Vavasur, she became part demon, a result of the bargain she had to make to leave that place of her own will. Once she came to realize that she now harbored a demon within her, so Clara set out to learn how best to control that part of her, and soon began to learn demon hunting and diabolic warding from a warlock named Nathaniel. Unfortunately, Nathaniel died before he could truly complete her training, giving his life to serve as a counterbalance to a demon lord which had been captured and bound into a powerful iron greatsword named Warbringer. So, just recently she completed her warlock training by spending time with the only other warlock in the world, a Changian man named Tanj Oolong, called by the epithet Son of the Black Dragon. Now her father has remained a thorn in her side all her life after finding love with a royal duke named Vascalis Oriens, so Claire repudiated her traitorous, perverse, and pedophilic father and changed her name. In thanks for her loyal service to the Lunar Genti crown, she was awarded the arms of House Corbeau, a minor noble house whose last denizen had died hundreds of years before. Since then, she's gone on to marry the Duke and become Duchess in her own right. And she has discovered in herself the quality the Lunar Genti call Silver Blood. Now, Silver Blood is a condition that 
some Lunar Genti are born with. It's very rare. And what it means is essentially you have the ability to channel an energy force called Glamour. Now, the Glamoury is considered to be the prerogative of the monarch only. In fact, typically only those with silver blood can rule from the throne of the Lunarjan kingdom. As a result, people with silver blood are very rare, and they're also considered to be incredibly important. And for the longest time in the interregnum period, the triumvirate of corrupt dukes who controlled the government held a kind of May babies or a mass slaughter of children who might have had this particular aspect to their blood. Fortunately for Soclair's sake, her own silver nature, her silver blood, was subsumed magically by the unfortunate tragedy of her becoming many-souled at such, an, such a young age, so much so that her the part of her that is many-souled, the child known as Miri, was buried very deep to the point where her father could not see it. Now, the interesting part about all this is that she has come to learn that she was part of a breeding program designed to create more silver blood people and the whole point of the program was to cause there to be a silver blooded Lunar Genti person whom the triumvirate of dukes controlled and so the triumph lords could put her on the throne and essentially rule as uh from behind the scenes, as it were, with the puppet king or queen on the throne. So the irony is that her father was trying desperately to um, see if she were silver, and she was, but he never uh, actually got to know that throughout her life because she was very good at hiding that aspect of herself. Next week, we'll talk a little more about Soclair and what has happened with her lately. Next up is the feedback section. Welcome back to the feedback section. I've been getting some great emails and some good feedback from... Rodolfo Arredondo. I hope I'm not slaughtering your name, Rodolfo. He wrote me a very wonderful note. He said, uh, I wanted to thank you for sharing your stories on your Bears Grove podcast, especially those about the game setting you built for yourself and your friends. I wouldn't mind if you went on and on about the stories that came from your games. They're wonderful to hear. I think it's great when people make can make their own art, their own sport, their own fun, instead of just passively receiving entertainment all the time. May the podcast get all the attention it deserves. Take care. Well, thank you, Rodolfo. I really appreciate your sentiment here. And I agree with you. People need to be able to take an active hand in their own entertainment. 
I think about the value of role-playing as an entertainment as being not just an artistic value or, you know, something that's good for the soul, but also f- it's great for the pocketbook. I mean, basically, who, where else can you get all these many hours of entertainment for very little but the cost of your own imagination? And, uh, and I don't mind paying that. So thank you very much, Rodolfo. And then I got a wonderful message from J.M. Dawkins, who says, I have been listening to gaming podcasts for the last few months and have been enjoying what I've been hearing. This email is to let you know that of all the podcasts on the net, there are only four that I've been going back and listening to all the episodes, and the Bears Grove is one of them. Keep up the good work. I look forward to future episodes. P.S. The other podcasts I've listened to all prior episodes of are Fear the Boot, Fistful of Comics, and Sons of Cryos. Excellent. Well, those are great podcasts, and I think everyone should listen to those. I've been listening to... um, I've been recently getting caught up on Fistful of Comics and Games and Sons of Cryos, and I really like their stuff blows me away when I think about some of the things that Jeff and Judd get into and uh, Fistful of Comics is a really cool round table style discussion and I'm just getting it really grows on me because I get to know the people involved in the discussion and things start to make more sense uh, as to where they're coming from and then suddenly I'm drawn in and I really want to listen you know I want to listen to all the episodes so it's awesome. Anyway, thanks for the feedback there, Mr. Dawkins. I really appreciate you listening and sending some something in. And we finally have one final uh, thing. It's uh, from Mike Montesa. I believe that's how you say his name. From the Godzilla Gaming Podcast. And he just wanted to drop me a line and say he's enjoying the show. Uh, and, is, and said essentially that... Uh, he is glad that I didn't give up and I really appreciate that. I mean, you know what? It can be hard at times to keep going and to say, well, you know, there's some, so many other distractions one can do, but this is not so much a distraction for me as it is an artistic outlet and, you know, creative outlet. And also I've got all these things to say. I've got all these opinions and, um, observations that I want to share. And this is one of the very few times I get to talk without anybody telling me that I have to be quiet. (laughs) So, um, without anybody saying, um, it's my turn now. I, uh, so it's great. It's great to be able to say what I think and to try and keep it, uh, as succinct as possible. But I do appreciate the opportunity to come into your iPod or MP3 player or your headphones or your computer and just, you know, tell you what I think. This is great. Thanks so much. And thank you, Mike. Uh, the Godzilla gaming podcast I've just started listening to, and it, uh, was really cool. The first couple of episodes that I've listened to, um, they're talking about military science fiction and, um, that kind of gaming. And I'm really interested in that sort of thing. So, uh, that was really, that's really spoke to me. So, I encourage you to go out and listen to the Godzilla Gaming Podcast. 
Well, it looks like you've come to the end of another Bears Grove podcast. I'm so glad that you came along with me today, and I am saving up gaming goodness for Dragon Con, but I promise I will have another podcast out for you shortly um, after Dragon Con is over. I'm going to be exhausted, I know, but I think I will have things to talk about. Um, and maybe some news, maybe some, maybe even an interview. I don't know. I'm going to see what I can do in the direction of getting, uh, some kind of podcasting set up, but at the very least I will have lovely things to say about what happened and what I saw and what I did. And it's going to be kind of like you were there and I would also appreciate it if you, tuned in to the con live site it's a very brand new thing it's based on the successful uh, idea by ben balestra of all games considered for um sort of a online coverage of of game convention of a convention that we go to so go and look at it's conlive.gamingpodcasters plural dot com and don't forget GenConLive.DragonsLanding.com. The Bears Grove is brought to you by the Fireheart Foundry. In addition to the Bears Grove, the Foundry produces several other podcasts. For example, the Bears Grove Bardic Circle, Dragonkin, the podcast for kids and gaming, and Vibrant Living. More information available at FireheartFoundry.com. Dot com. Music today is from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. The song Good Morning by 2RD. That's 2 Roger Delta. As always, the Bears Grove is generously provided under a Creative Commons attribution, no derivatives, no commercial use license, number 2.5. I encourage you, that's right, you, to support free culture and think about what cool and nifty things you can do with the Creative Commons license. Go to creativecommons.org for more information. Uh, the Bears Grove calls for your feedback, kudos, and or participation. And, you know, critiques are okay too. Send an audio file or email us at bearsgrove at gmail.com. Leave us comments at the show blog at bearsgrove.com or visit our forums at forum.bearsgrove.com once again i'd like to thank you for coming and listening to me and i hope that you're staying cool or at least temperate wherever you are and take care sweet dreams when you get them <laughs>